In this new segment of Advisor Revelations, the DPL team will discuss how to evaluate new solutions and address current challenges and the strategies that can help you grow your firm and AUM. Welcome to the Advisor Revelations podcast. I'll be your host today, Tim Rambalski, VP of Member Success here at DPL Financial Partners. And joining me today is Nate Johnson. And Nate's one of our internal consultants that works with advisors day in and day out. Nate, welcome uh, to the show. Yeah, appreciate you having me, Tim. Excited to talk about uh, legacy planning today within annuities. Perfect. And uh, before we kind of get in the content today, strongly encourage you to go to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe as we have a number of these that come out from time to time on various topics where you'll get to hear kind of some inside stories of how our consultants are working with advisors, some interesting you know, ways to be looking at uh, the DPL solutions. And also anything we talk about today, if you have further questions, feel free to go to the website, to the contact us page, and you can schedule a time with one of our consultants, have a one-on-one conversation about any of these topics. So with that, you know, the topic we're going to hit on today is legacy planning and annuities, which is kind of an oxymoron, right? Most people, when they think of annuities, they think of that as the anti-legacy, right? If I use an annuity, I won't have anything for my beneficiary. But today we're going to talk about some unique strategies, some unique things you can do that most people aren't aware of to help with legacy planning. And, you know, one of the first things we should touch on today, Nate, is, um, you know, everyone's familiar with the SECURE Act. Right. And uh, part of that impacted IRA dollars. Right. So now with IRAs, you got to be out in 10. Now with annuities, though, there still is the ability to do the non-qualified stretch, kind of like the classic IRA stretch for the next generation. Non-qualified annuities don't apply to that. Right. They, they can still do that non-qualified stretch. So, Nate, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how that works and you know how that non-qualified stretch works for the next generation? Yeah. So just like you said, you know, post secure act with an IRA, you know, the out in 10 rule, you got to get it out or out in five, I should say, got to get it out in five. Whereas, you know, with a non-qualified stretch, you know, let's say a client passes away, their beneficiary inherits this non-qualified annuity. Well, you know, rather than taking a, a lump sum amount up front and having a massive tax liability, you now have the ability to, you know, stretch that contract or stretch that, you know, lump sum or the amount you got over the lifetime of the beneficiary's, you know, life. So what are the benefits of that? Well, the first thing is, you know, you're able to limit your tax liability. You're able to stretch that over the lifetime rather than taking a huge tax hit up front. You're able to stretch that over your life. But now with, you know, solutions that DPL is on their platform and solutions that are out there, you can actually even more efficiently reduce that tax liability by having an exclusion ratio, where essentially we allow for a blend of the cost basis, and the gains to be able to be taken out, you know, at once or at the same time. Whereas, you know, if you're familiar with how annuities are taxed, they're typically taxed LIFO, meaning you have to take out gains first. You would think that would create, even if you're stretching it, maybe create a bigger tax liability up front. But with the exclusion ratio, being able to blend that cost basis and those gains, you're able to kind of extend that tax liability over the, you know, the lifetime of the beneficiary and avoid that massive tax liability that can't come with a lump sum, you know, death benefit. Yeah, that's huge, Dave, because uh, really by prorating it, doing that exclusion ratio you're talking about, the benefit to the client is more after-tax income in early years. And a lot of times the beneficiary is still working when they inherit these annuities, so they're already in a high tax bracket. So that tax control in early years, you know, increasing their after-tax income is a huge deal. 
And then just so everyone's aware that's listening, it works just like the old IRA stretch worked. You use the beneficiary's age and you take an RMD essentially. So it's an RMD based on the beneficiary's age. And like Nate was mentioning, you can do that across your lifetime. Then Nate, talk about the flexibility of this, right? So let's say I inherit a non-qualified annuity and I do the stretch you're talking about. You know, can the money stay invested? Just talk to us a little bit about our advisors charging fees, kind of what are some of the, the mechanics of it even once it's in that stretch mode? Yeah. So even when it's in that stretch mode, just like you said, that money can stay invested. You know, if we're talking about a variable annuity specifically, you know, that money can stay invested in the market. The beneficiary can continue to have that asset grow while they're taking the RMDs or the distributions each year. And on top of that, you know, rather than this annuity being annuitized, you know, the client maintains access to that cash value and continue to grow. And just like you said, the advisor can also charge their, you know, 1% or their assets under management fee, whatever they, they're charging that client, you know, on the rest of their portfolio, they can also charge on this, you know, inherited annuity, which is, you know, something that I don't think many advisors are aware of that, you know, that money can stay invested while they're taking those distributions. Yeah. And that's one thing we hear from advisors all the time is they had a client that had an annuity and what they did was they exchanged it into a low cost VA, like an investment only via IOVA, as we call them, one of those no-load, no-thrills annuities. Well, in our experience, those kind of just hang out there, right? You took them from that expensive annuity to the cheap annuity, and then that annuity just continues to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And the question is, what do I do with that, right? I don't want to create a tax bomb for the next generation. So, you know, what Nate's describing, if you have a client that has an existing annuity where they're not touching, it's going to go to the next generation, one thing I highly encourage you to do is make sure that the product you're in provides this stretch capability, first of all, because not every carrier provides a non-qualified stretch. So one, make sure they have that. And two, check in on this tax proration thing we're talking about, the ability to prorate those taxes on those distributions. There's only a handful of carriers that can actually do that. So I would encourage you to talk to a DPL consultant. They can tell you about those carriers, those products, the fees, all that good stuff. But this is a huge thing that a lot of people are aware of is stretching it, you know, to eliminate that upfront tax that Nate was talking about, especially, you know, Secure Act did impact IRAs. It did not impact non-qualified annuities. So it's still a planning technique that's out there that's available. So let's change gears a little bit. So we talked a little bit about kind of, hey, if you have an old annuity and uh, client passes, you know, what's a tax efficient way to transfer? Let's talk a little bit about death benefits, right? That clients can have. So, you know, generally when you buy an annuity, the return of premium rider is included, right? Return of premium just means, you know, what you bought it for, your guarantee is a death benefit. Well, a lot of times clients buy these in their fifties and sixties and, you know, the market is typically always up over a five, 10 year period. So Nate, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you can reset that return to premium rider as you age to kind of lock in your death benefit. Yeah. So like you said, there are a lot of times where we come across existing annuities that have a much higher account value than what they put in, right? So they're, you know, a substantial amount of gains within the contract. Doesn't always make sense to liquidate that annuity because there is that tax burden. So a lot of times, you know, especially when we're looking at, at older clients, they don't want to lose any money. They want to keep that money, you know, they've made so far, but there may be a better annuity option out there. So what we look a lot of times is, you know, look at a 1035 exchange, a tax-free exchange from one annuity to another annuity, and you can actually lock in, 
just like Tim was saying, a return of premium death benefit rider, which essentially means that the client has now set a new floor, whatever that account value is right now, to where no matter how that annuity performs for the rest of their life, they're guaranteed to get that amount as a death benefit to their beneficiaries. The good thing is, you know, if that account value rises, you know, you get the greater of the two. So if you have a return of premium death benefit, the account value is much higher than whatever that premium amount was. You've now, you know, given that to the beneficiaries. We're on the flip side. If you have a bad down year, you know, the client were to pass away, the account value is lower than that return of premium death benefit rider. Good thing is your beneficiaries will now get, you know, that return of premium, whatever the premium amount was. So it's a way to, you know, add some protection, you know, within the annuity and also be able to have full access to the market and, you know, get some performance out of it too. So a little bit of the best of both worlds there uh, as far as being able to add a death benefit. And we work on a lot of cases where, you know, these return of premiums that Nate's talking about, you know, they'll ride up to age 88, age 90 based on the product. So we've worked on several cases where, you know, we might encounter a client with an annuity that's in their 80s and they're super conservative, right? They're, you know, just invested in fixed income, whatever it might be. And essentially, you know, when the client understands how these return of premium riders work, meaning, you know, hey, if I'm in my 80s and my life expectancy isn't much longer, I could basically lock in my death benefit at today's value. And then now I could, you know, invest a little differently, right? Because these clients, they're typically not using these for distributions. They're still kind of in accumulation, but they're worried about, you know, losing money for their kids, right? Well, you throw this return of premium rider on there. And by the way, these are really inexpensive. They're typically 10, 15 basis points. You throw this rider on there and it's basically satisfies that conservative client's need to protect their next generation. We recently had a case where, you know, a client had a $4 million annuity and they were 85 years old, fully invested in fixed income. And how the advisor was able to help the client, we found this client in annuity with a return to premium rider. And the advisor was able to encourage that client to, you know, get a little more aggressive with their uh, profile and actually put some equities in there. And since the market's been up, it's actually been a great decision for that client because now they've you know, they have a death benefit that's locked in, but that market growth is on top of it. And then the client never would have went for this if it wasn't for that return to premium death benefit. So I would encourage you, if you have, you know, clients that own annuities and they're in their 80s, see what the death benefit is. And then, you know, contact DPL. We might be able to find a way to, first of all, lock in that death benefit at a higher rate for you and guarantee it but also give the client the peace of mind to maybe you know change up their allocations to be more growth focused. So that's a big one we like to take a look at as well. So changing gears, just a, another notch. We've talked a little bit about stretches. We've talked about, you know, these return to premium death benefits. One of the big misconceptions, Nate, is, you know, hey, if I'm using an annuity for income, there is no death benefit because I give up all my cash value, right? I don't have any value left. So let's talk a little about that misconception there of where if I'm using an annuity for income, I lose my death benefit right away. That's not true, is it? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that's a lot of the conversations I have with advisors is there is a misconception that, you know, when the client starts to take income, whenever that may be, that there's the assumption that they have to annuitize or essentially give up that asset to the insurance company. Because, you know, a lot of advisors and a lot of clients are used to that, you know, single premium immediate annuity, a SPIA, where that does offer a very high payout. The downside is you obviously lose that cash value. You know, you give that asset up to the insurance carrier. Now, 
with a lot of these fixed index annuities in particular, you know, they're built in with an income rider that allows the client to get a certain withdrawal rate each year, but not have to give up that cash value. So while they are dwindling the account, the rest of the account is staying invested. It's still growing based on the performance of the different allocations and indices to where if the client were to pass away in year four, year five, year six, whenever that may be, there's still going to be some sort of cash value left for the beneficiaries there. So, you know, we see, depending on how the annuity is performing, you could go up 15, 20 years of taking income and still have some sort of cash value left, you know, for the beneficiaries to have if there were a death. So, like you said, the misconceptions out there a lot, but um, yeah, you're now able to get a, a very healthy withdrawal rate and a very good income stream while also not having to give up that asset. Yeah, that's a great point, Nate. You know, one thing we like to look at is kind of, you know, what's the IRR, right? What's the internal rate of return on this type of investment? Now, when you, you know, factor in life expectancy, maybe a client, you know, passes away early, the traditional annuity where you annuitize and the money disappears. Yeah, when the client passes away, that's got a pretty bad IRR on it because, you know, the client passed away and the principal disappeared, right? Well, what Nate was mentioning is that's not how most annuities work. Most annuities have a death benefit. With that death benefit there, the IRR is very close to just a portfolio alone approach, even when a client experiences shorter life expectancy. Now, when we factor in a longer life expectancy, the IRR is much higher with the annuity than without. But that death benefit on there is a great way to you know keep your IRR on pace, but also give the client some of that peace of mind. One other note we wanted to make too, just so everyone's aware, annuities do avoid probate. So if you're working with a client and you're trying to think through, you know, beneficiary designations and all that good stuff, annuities have the ability for you to, you know, designate beneficiaries. So you don't have to go through you know, probate process, you don't have to go through creating a trust, for example. It's a pretty easy way to kind of pass on wealth. And while we're talking about the income side, Nate, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, there's also this misconception, oh, well, I use the annuity for income, but the annuity eventually runs zero. Isn't that bad for my legacy? So how does that work when the annuity hits zero and it's still paying income? How does that help with legacy planning? Yeah. So, you know, we just talked about if you were to pass away when there is a cash value, let's say on the flip side. You've gotten into the insurance company's pocket, as, as we like to say. So once the account value hits zero, the great part about these income riders is you continue to get income for the rest of your life. And in some cases, even an increasing income that is adjusted with inflation. What's the benefit of that? Well, that's going to take stress off you know, the rest of the portfolio where you can allow non-qualified or qualified. Let's talk about non-qualified first. You can let those non-qualified assets in the brokerage account continue to grow while you know that income is going to take the stress off of that portfolio. When we're talking about qualified accounts, that's going to satisfy you know some RMDs that you would have to take elsewhere. So then you can you know let your qualified accounts grow more efficiently too. So if you are lucky enough to get into that insurance company's pocket, which is the whole goal of getting or replacing an income rider, then it's going to take a lot of stress off the rest of the portfolio and allow you to be a little bit more aggressive in those accounts because you know you can't let them grow. You don't need that money because the annuity is taking care of that. You talked about you know being lucky enough to uh, get the insurance company's pocket. Just so everyone knows kind of what that lucky enough means, typically around age 82, 83. So they're definitely short of life expectancy, 82, 83, as long as a client, you know, typically we see clients buy these at 65 and around age 82, 83 is when they start getting the insurance company's pocket to give everyone some kind of rough numbers to be thinking about. So most people plan the 90, 95. So 82, 83 is very reasonable. 
So with that, you know, just kind of to summarize today, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of this misconception that annuities aren't good for legacy planning. The non-qualified stretch is a big one. Remember that one and definitely audit any annuities you currently have to make sure that stretch provisions in there. The death benefit provision, that return to premium, older clients, lock it in. That's a big one, a way to give the client some peace of mind. And then we also just talked about the death benefit options, even with income and how those can benefit a portfolio. So Nate, thanks for uh, your insights today. It was very helpful. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. And yeah, like you said, a lot of people think, you know, annuities are terrible for legacy planning. A lot of times because that death benefit, there is some tax consequences there. But like you said, a non-qualified stretch is a great way to extend that tax liability and not have a huge burden on the beneficiary up front. Yeah. If anyone has any questions that we talked about today, please go out to the website, the www.dplfp.com. Go to the contact us page. You can schedule an appointment even with Nate here and ask Nate questions about all these topics we talked about today. So thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you can hear the future podcast and uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you in the future. Thanks. Thanks for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.